All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked on Avalanche podcast. It's draft season, so why not take a trip down memory lane and look at what we feel are the best five draft picks the Avalanche have made, as well as the maybe the five worst. And Pierre Lacroix, the architect, finally gets a ticket to the Hall of Fame. New episode of Locked on Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked on Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan, thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us over on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Get notified when a new show goes live. And why not subscribe to our subtext? Link for that is in the show notes below subscribe and you can chat with kyle and i one-on-one uh all right take a look at the rundown over on youtube like we said we got the uh we're in draft mode and we will talk about what we feel the top five best and worst draft picks in avalanche history so this eliminates some of your you know this is just avalanche history we're not going back to the nordique so you know you're not getting your joe sackicks uh and your peter forsbergs and things like that but um We'll talk about that, but where we, and I do want to mention again, off the top of that, uh, tomorrow we are going to have our draft episode with Hattie Kalakesh of Locked On NHL Prospects, and we will reveal who we picked in that mock draft that is going on now. We're uh, releasing it in three installments, Uh, so one one and two are up, and then ours is uh, the third show which are the 20s and the, you know, the 31 and 32, 30, 31 and 32 um, will be on Friday. So, but we will release who we picked on our episode along with Hattie and get his response to it. Uh, but where we are going to start before we get to the draft stuff was the, uh, the hall of fame released uh, their inductees for this year. And uh, you had a handful of goalies. Yeah. Which was nice to see. Uh, led by Hank Lundqvist, obviously. Uh, but as far as front office people go, Pierre Lacroix gets in. And this is a guy who, I mean, they call him the architect for a reason. is because, you know, when, and he kind of took over the last year in Quebec. And then when they moved to Denver is when, you know, he really kind of just said, all right, I'm going to take this thing and run with it. And, um, you know, he, the Avalanche would not have been what they were if not for Pierre Lacroix. And I think a lot of people were assuming, like, what took so long? Yeah. <clears throat> when you look back at Lacroix, especially at the time of his passing, you can really see with the players and everyone that surround Pierre, like, he led with heart. Like, he had a great mind. Of oh, course, yeah. that's where the architect comes with. But he loved this team he wanted this team to succeed and he did what he needed to do to make it to succeed so it 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 only fits that he's in the hall of fame and honestly 
being the architect, he set up the blueprint for how Sackick and McFarlane run things now currently for Colorado because Sackick observed how that team was put together and you see a lot of that same makeup and how the team was run in the 90s and the 2000s and a little bit of the 10s yeah and to what it looks like today well and then everybody looks at you know his big moves you know the the Patrick Waugh move um and especially the the Ray Bork move yeah that was um you know the kind of the writing was on the wall that Bork wanted to you know, he, in the twilight of his career, obviously wanted to get a cup. He didn't want to go to the West Coast. Yeah, He wanted to stay in the East. And it was one of those things where it was like Boston was just going to abide by his wishes. You've done everything for us. Where do you want to go? We'll make it happen. We want we want to see you win a cup. It's not going to happen here in Boston uh, during that time period. Where do you want to go? And for the longest time there, I, I think it was the Flyers who were the the favorites to land him and they were having some problems like making the deal. And he just swooped in and was like, be open to, to coming our way. And one thing led to another and he put a package together and he sold, he sold Ray Bork on coming West. And if, and, and nobody else was even trying in the West because it was known that Bork wanted to stay on the East. So he was basically, if I can convince him to come West, I am battling with nobody here to try to bring him. And, and that's exactly what happened. And he, and he didn't, he, that, that was the best thing about him is he just didn't sit around. He was constantly working deals constantly. And, and you bring up the Ray Bork move. I thought one of his better moves was getting Patrick Waugh to mm-hmm. leave Montreal. I, I know it was not the best of circumstances. Right. But also remember the Colorado Avalanche used to be the Quebec Nordiques, the hated rival of the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. So to get a, a Canadian legend to jump ship entirely and come to this new upstart team in Denver and then change the perception of this team in an instant. Yeah. And it really made this Denver hockey team a legitimate contender. They already were the favorites with that nucleus of the Nordiques. But with Patrick Waugh, they became elite and they got the cup in the first year. So that goalie move is something you'll always remember with Lacroix. Not the David Abisher, Jose Theodore move, (laughs) but the definite that Patrick Waugh, it really started everything. Yeah. And you now, like when, you see it on social media all the time, and that's the age we live in. When when a when a player is rumored to want to trade, or when a player is going to hit free agency, every fan base thinks that they, they can get them, and every fan base tries to like maneuver in ways that that you know. Uh, that's uh, what are some trade packages we can put together to get this guy? Um, and that, it wasn't like the case back then, and I think uh, social media completely drives that. Mm-hmm. But there was the thinking. When someone becomes available, the Avalanche are going to be in it. And that was solely because of him. And when when um, Wah had that meltdown in Montreal and the whole I'm never playing for you again thing, I remember like it was it was immediate. Like I, they were trying to get him the year before, if I'm not mistaken. And it just didn't happen. And then when that happened, he was they he pounced, puts a deal together, and it, it was almost like 
people knew Patrick Waugh was coming to the Colorado Avalanche one way or another for a multitude of reasons. But the main reason was because of a crime. And he, he just knew how to, he had that gift of, of making deals. Now on the other end of that is when you played for the avalanche, unless you were Joe Sackick or, or somebody like, you know, you really weren't safe. Yeah. Like you never really knew if he was going to deal you. So, you know, it's almost like the, the, the team that I despise right now in the Vegas golden Knights they kind of run their team like Pierre Lacroix did back in the day. But I, sh- I shouldn't say it, it, not to that extreme. Like uh, you knew, like mm-hmm. if, if you were going to, if you were being shopped, Lacroix would kind of tell you like, Hey, we have this opportunity. Uh, th- there could be a possibility for you. He wouldn't just spring it on guys. I'm sure that did happen. Um, but they respected the hell out of him, and he ran a team the right way. And like you said, yeah, Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland, they learn from him. They run it differently in that they don't always go make the big splash moves like he did, but they know how to build a team. And they do it a little bit different than LaCroix, but they still do it in that mindset of like we – or at least Joe Sackick did. Like I learned under him. And you could you could see that blueprint, that nucleus that Lacroix set up with. He has his established core. Like these guys are not leaving. I I trust these guys because when you hear like Sackick and Forsberg when they're talking about and Wah playing under Lacroix and his management style, I would do anything for him because they sold out to playing Avalanche hockey, mm-hmm. and to those players that came in just to play hockey in Denver. Your audio just cut out. I don't know what happened, but well, well, I, I know exactly where you were going with that. But um, a couple of the other moves that I just wanted to bring up, obviously, with him was you know the Rob Blake move, obviously huge move for for that. They did have to give up Adam Deadmarsh, who's one of my all time favorites, but that happened. Um, yeah, there's the Ray Bork deal. Theo Fleury, he brought in Theo Fleury. That didn't go, you know, that wasn't really extended or anything. Um, uh, he traded his son <laughs> and that, and, and the reason behind it was there was a lot of like disdain in the locker room and, and Eric was like, I don't want to deal with this trade me, which is kind of a big thing to do. And he didn't want like this whole nepotism thing going on. So he did, but the bottom line is he traded his son. <laughs> yeah, and- I can't find it. I can't find it funny. And, and you're talking about those moves, but you can, like I was about to say before my audio cut, was mm. you could see that with Sackick's Avalanche today and McFarland's. Like, they have their core. And, like, with Nas, if you're not going to come in and kind of sell out to Avalanche hockey, if you want to mm. go shopping, go shopping. If you want to find yeah. somewhere to go play, go play. But if you're going to play the Avalanche way, they will give you t- chance and time and ice time. They will do yeah. it for you if you... <laughs> If you are all in on what the Avalanche are doing, definitely. So, uh, well, and then the Sandus Ozelinch one, he made that deal, mm. and then made you know one of the, I think the first deal that he made, um, I'm pretty sure it was the first deal he made was to bring in Claude Mew. And Good move. Talk about a fan favorite. I mean, you know, he's he's one of the all time fan favorites. So he just had the golden touch, and uh, I think it is long overdue for him to be in. The Hall of Fame. So uh, you just wish it could have happened a few years ago so he could have been around to enjoy this. But at least the family will 
enjoy it. So congratulations to him uh, and the LaCroix family. Very well deserved. Uh, one thing that they also did was draft. And we were going to get into uh, the top five and the, the top five best and the top five worst. So we're going to do that right after we hear from Game Time and the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful, Kyle. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you are about to have. Some of the things that we love about the Game Time app, flash deals and last-minute tickets. So if you're those uh, last-minute people and you're not sure what to do for the weekend, is uh, you know the, the Friday's right around the corner. <laughs> pointing to himself. <clears throat> and, and you just come up with the idea, hey, let's see what's out there. You can jump on Game Time and uh, find some last-minute sweet deals on uh, the app. It's fantastic. They're easy to find tickets and buy them for every kind of event in your area. The images of the seat view is the thing that Kyle and I love the absolute most. Uh, and the lowest price guarantee, event cancel cancellation protection, and even job loss protection. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Once again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Ga uh, download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, draft time. Uh, it's always exciting. I, I, I love this. The season is fantastic, but the offseason, to me, is just as exciting, and it all starts with the draft. And the Avalanche like most teams have some hits, uh, but they do have a lot of misses. So we'll get oh, yeah. to those <clears throat> in a little bit, but we're going to start with who we feel are the top five best draft picks uh, the avalanche have, have made. And for, for me, I'm, I, I have my list here. I, I have to do a honorable mention here because I had six and I just couldn't, so, so these like these are guys who, not necessarily still playing with the Avalanche. They drafted them, played a, a good amount of uh, years for the Avalanche, and maybe have moved on. So I have to put number six for Paul Stasny. Hmm. Got to put him at number six. Played a bunch of years for the Avalanche, and at that point in time, was hands down the best player on the Avs, without a doubt. And there were there are some you know uh, grumblings of when he was a free agent to bring him back or during the trade season to bring him back. I never really thought it was going to happen, but um, he was a very good player for the Avs for uh, a good amount of time. So I had to put him in at number six. Got it's funny <clears throat> that you have him as an honorable mention because he actually makes my top five. There you go. Not as an honorable mention. Okay. Well, then let's start at five. Who do you have at number five? All right. This is a fifth round pick at 154 overall. Mm -hmm. John Michael Lyles. Thank you, I'm Johnny Lyles. <laughs> I'm talking now. Hey, man, he was, yeah, he was good. When we were talking about like our top five lists of pros and cons when it comes to the draft, I'm, I kind of was swept up with the LaCroix news today. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about making an impact, for the avalanche during his playing days he was a good consistent i mean he's he's got records galore but he's now back in it 
with the microphone. Yeah. And he's he's paying it he's paying it back to the team that gave him so much and I feel like that is a true I mean that's that is Mr. Avalanche right there. I got no problem but like including his post hockey career career uh in that mix. I got no problem with that. I got like, no problem it, with that. It's it's an easy pick and I mean again, 5th round Mm-hmm. 154 like come on yeah we play seven years for the abs yeah one two three four five seven years uh and then played for the maple leafs hurricanes and bruins but um yeah i i got no problem with that man no problem at all so uh number five and i think this might annoy some people here number five uh if we do this again in 10 years He's probably going to ascend and be number one, maybe number two. But I'm putting Kale McCarr right now at number five. Interesting. Uh, he, he just has not had the career yet. Like he has not had a, 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 he's played only a few seasons. And those few seasons are enough to get him in a top five spot. I can't put him any higher than that right now because the guys I have above him have much longer, uh, more meat on the bone careers than him. Uh, and that's the only reason I'm sliding at Kale McCarr at number five is because of tenure. He just doesn't have it yet. He didn't even make my list. Well, there you go. There you go. And that's and I was fighting with it between him and Stasny and going number five. And I'm just like, I have to put McCarr five right now just because of what he's done to this stage in his career is, is already insanely impressive. And so. that's who hits my number four. It's Paul Stasny. It's Stasny? It's yeah. in, in that moment. With that lineage, what he meant to the Avs at the time, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a home run. It just didn't work out that way. But this, he had all the potential to be one of like Mister Avalanche. Yep. Yeah. So number four. Okay. Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, number four for me, I got Miko Rantanen. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, he's been as advertised, number ten overall pick, um, and it, I think it's one of those. One of those things where, like, if you redraft it, he'll be much higher. Yeah, much higher. Top five, I would say, in that draft. So, um, I, you know, I, again, uh, the, the guys who I have above him, I just feel a little bit, have done a little bit more. Um, but that's, you know, to, to be the fourth best pick in, 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 you know, Avalanche history is nothing to sneeze at. So, um, I, you know, and he's, he's one of the best players on the team right now. And again, I think if you do this later when his career is over, maybe he ascends a couple spots. So we'll see. He is my number three. There you go. <laughs> and if you want to know why, every day yeah. mm-hmm. check out yesterday's episode and check out that grade. Yeah. Yep. Can't really say much more than that. Yeah, he is my number three. Number three, uh, I got Alex Tange. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he's just. Great pick. He's uh, he's great. He's yeah. great. He's one of one of the you know most favorited Avalanche players in history. Um, where I just I just because you, you threw Johnny Lyles out there and I had to go looking for <laughs> Lyles. Um, yeah. So over the course of his career, over a thousand games played, eight hundred sixty three points. Um, how many seasons he played? One, two, three, four, five, six seasons with the Avs. No, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine seasons with the Avs because he played. Yeah, to, yeah, the, there was the, a comeback the later, tour. The later, yeah. yeah. Um, 
just a, a, a great hard nosed player. Like yep. he, he like embodied the Colorado avalanche. So, you know, when, and when he, when he was playing in those uh, early seasons with them kind of got overshadowed a little bit by the Patrick was and, you know, Joe Sackick's, but he was right there. He was right there. So definitely a, an all time favorite. So I, I'm going to put him at number three. Yeah. I love Tangs. That's a great yep. pick. My number two, 2011. Mm-hmm. First round, second pick, Gabriel Landeskog. Same with me. Yeah, he's, yep. I mean, perfect storm, the passing of the torch. It's, he's the captain. Yeah. When it's all said and done, he will be no longer Landeskog. It's the captain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with him. And, and I, we have him this high, so we can only hope and pray that you know this this career is not over because we got him at number two already so we kind of feel like hey even if his career does end which let's hope that it doesn't uh you know we got him at number two Mm. he's already done that much for this team and it's one of those things where it's on and off the ice he's in command of this team and he's the perfect captain for it and people have said that over and over again so it's yeah and i easy and I feel like if we matched at number two, our number two would easily be number one if number one didn't happen right. in 2013. Yeah. First pick, first round. Yep. One, Nathan McKinnon. And we have Patrick Waugh to thank for that. As yep. much as Avs fans don't like how he left, which I completely understand, if it was not for Patrick Waugh, Nathan McKinnon would not be on the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, you would be seeing Seth Jones on the Colorado Avalanche. Maybe not even anymore. He might have, they might have gotten rid of him by now. Um, mm. But that's the direction they were going. And Patrick Waugh stepped up and said, you might want to give this kid a second look. Uh, they went with it, and he's a top player on the planet. Yep. So I, I don't think there's any question that uh, – I, I think the difference between him and Landeskog, as much as we love Landeskog, uh, is, is a pretty wide gap between – the best draft pick they've ever had in the second best draft pick. And we love Gabe Landeskog, but Nathan McKinnon is that good. It's it's, Mr. Avalanche. Another guy. It's an interesting topic when that career is all said and done. Yep. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, Now we're going to switch our attention to the worst. Oh boy. Uh, But first we are going to hear from bird dogs. This is uh, Kyle's, maybe favorite product that we've ever received from uh, doing the show and uh, bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Who doesn't want sculpted look for the, it's officially summertime. Kyle. It is. I must yeah. be sculpted Von doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit so much better. And they, they, the reason they fit better is because they are made from a, uh, well, they're not made from a stiff, restricting cotton. They're made from a cloud knit fabric that bird dogs created. And they look just like khaki, but they stretch. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they also have the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL and you get a free Yeti style tumbler for free. There it is right there. Beautiful. 
Uh, once again, birddogs.com slash NHL. Put in your order and you get the free Yeti style tumbler. You will not want to take these bird dogs off. We can promise you that. All right, uh, let's switch over to the bad side. It's, it's uh, okay. Are you ready for this? Got to do, because uh, I'm sure there's some people who want to throw a certain guy right at the top of the list. Um, so I'm interested to see where we go with this. But let's start at number five like we did with uh, the top five. Who you got at number five of your worst draft picks for the Avs? Is my number five this guy that you refer to? Could be. First round, 16th pick, hmm. 2018. Nope. Martin Kaut. Okay. All right. I'm, again, first round, 16th pick overall, mm-hmm. Martin Kaut. 2018, he's a San Jose Shark. I will reserve comment on Martin Kaut until a little bit later. Because my number five right now, um, I, I, I put Tyson Jost at number five. Interesting. Didn't even make my list, ironically enough. Um, I, I and you know he's. It's just because you know you expected more from him. He's the number ten pick, and we just talked about a guy who was a number ten pick that's in our top five best picks. Yeah, in Miko Rantanen. I'm not saying we were expecting him to be Miko Rantanen, but there was a time where Tyson Jost was expected to be what a number ten pick gives you. And you saw glimpses of it every once in a while, but for the most part, you didn't. And they just eventually had to throw in the towel on him. They gave him every opportunity, and he just couldn't seize it. So I had to put him on here. Yeah, he was, again, same with with my best top five. That number five slot was going between a couple guys, and in the end, I, I, had, to, I had to put Jost on there. I, and I it's it's funny you talk about that hype around Jost because that kind of leads into my number four. Okay. Overshadowed in this draft by who was picked ahead of him in the same mm-hmm. draft. Also, first round in 2011, 11th mm-hmm. pick, Duncan Siemens. There was some hype around him as well. Yeah, definitely. When he hit and Landy taking off and Siemens did not. It just it really fizzled out before it even got started. And I was really excited about what he could bring, and he just never brought it. And that was a lot of hype. And it, it really did not help that Landy became a like Mr. Avalanche, Mr. Captain, and Siemens was just a flop. And he was second round? I think he was first round, 11th was, pick. Was he, was he? Yeah. Oh, he, we we had the second pick, and then we also got eleven as well. You're right. Yes. Yep. That was 11. okay, and that's what I did. I stuck with all first rounders. I didn't go beyond the first round. My th- so, my third well, is not okay. So for my my fourth, um, he was their number twenty sixth pick in 1997, and that's Kevin Grimes. Um, mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. because he didn't play a single game with anybody not just the avalanche with any he never played a professional uh nhl level game for any team so i know and and i put him fourth because he's the the lower end you know those you could mix and match like a couple of guys here where they were picked in the first round so i put them you know what i say it was 26 or 27 26th overall i mean you're a first round pick 
you got to at least get it in a, in a game. Oh, hold <laughs> that thought for my number one. <laughs> I have a stat that's going to blow your mind. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Grimes is my number four. Uh, who's your number three? Uh, number three, this one is honestly, it's a fourth round pick, 130th overall. How can you not do anything with a man named Colt King, Colorado Avalanche? Who is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, with a name uh, like Colt King, I mean, <laughs> you have to do something. Put a microphone in his hand. Put him on altitude. If he can't play hockey, yeah. get Colt King. I mean, you got to be able to cash in on that name alone, dude. Like, I, I was going through the all-time list in the draft, and I saw that name, and I could not let it escape me. Colt King, what a bust. You have an incredible name, name alone. Do something, Colt King. If you follow uh, the show page on Twitter, I'm pretty enamored with uh, a, a prospect in this year's draft purely by name. Yep. And that name is Hugo Hell. I mean, there you go. And funny thing is the Athletic did a seven-round mock draft. And who do you think they had picking Hugo Hell in the sixth round? It was either the sixth or seventh round, the New Jersey Devils. That is a match made in Hugo Hell. Come it's on. like when I used to hope Miroslav Shatan used to play for the Devils, and I just yeah. wanted that jersey. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> perfect. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. So it'd be round two. Uh, for me, number three, Jonas Johansson. Interesting. No, no, no. Not that Jonas Johansson. Uh, the round one, number 28 overall uh 2002 draft he played a single game and it wasn't for the avalanche it was for the washington capitals and you want to know what he, his contribution to that game was two penalty minutes that was it i'm hearing the buzzing on your on your side too i don't know if you, you want to fix something on your end but um yeah yona yona <laughs> And, 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 you know, they, I think they maybe redeemed him somewhat by going to get a different Jonas Johansson, but um, he sits at number go. two on my list. He's number two for you. Yeah, it's and I mean, at that time, that was something you really needed a, a, a right handing shooting forward. And it, it just did not happen. Yeah. It, it, it was abysmal for that mm -hmm. to even happen and you don't want to chalk it up to scouting or just bad luck but that just it really did not happen it did not start at all like when i was talking about duncan siemens yeah. it never got going that show never even started that was canceled yeah. before the pilot was even finished yeah uh so he's your number two my number two um is a guy who got drafted twice in connor bleckley uh he was drafted in the first round by the avalanche Number 23 overall in the 2014 draft. Um, never played a game and then went back into the draft in 2016. Now, when you're drafted in the first round, 23 overall, and then things happen where you get thrown back into the draft, and he got drafted again, this time by St. Louis, in the fifth round, 144 overall. So, and that's just two years later, two years later, you fall that much and he didn't do anything for St. Louis either. Never played a single game for anybody. Um, and I remember when that pick happened, that was, I don't want to say like a, an exciting pick, but there, 
there were people who thought like, hey, this could have been a steal. Um, and it just never materialized for him. Never even saw the ice. Well, two points here. He is my number one. He's your number one. He's my number one. Okay. And uh, since you hit all of the points I was going to talk about, I remember the hype. And you know why yeah. there was hype? Here's my interesting stat for you. Mm-hmm. In that draft, 2014, the Avalanche drafted seven players. Only one saw NHL ice. That would be Anton Lindholm. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, if you go through the Avalanche, they've had some some complete drafts in years where like one guy has seen the ice and not played a lot of time. I think in the yeah, actually, I think it was Duncan Siemens. If yes. you remove Gabe Landeskog from that draft, he's the only one who's seen it. And how many games did he play? Uh, it was uh, 60s, I believe. Let me look. Uh, you go look that up. But I mean, it, it's it's next to nothing. So Gabe Landeskog obviously saves oh, them. Even worse than that, 20. There you go. Remove Gabe Landeskog. And everybody else in that draft never saw anything. So I know that's why the draft is kind of exciting because it kind of is a crapshoot. So yep. for me, man, who's the guy I haven't listed yet? You had him at number five. I haven't listed him yet. Ooh, Martin Cow is, uh, in my opinion, the worst draft pick for the Avalanche. And um, I don't know, man. Like when when you're you're picked sixteen, you are given as much time and patience, and and you know you you had a a, a moment, you had multiple moments where you you could have seized an opportunity, and you had size, you had decent speed. Um, and it, you, there were times where he just looked completely lost and disinterested and maybe just like, maybe this, this NHL world is a little bit too big for me. Um, and he just never materialized into anything of what the avalanche wanted him to be. And I, I, it, it, it it's a big disappointment. I know I wish him well, maybe he can turn things around in, in San Jose, but God, I mean, if there was a guy who ha- had all of the the pick your word, man, I can't even think of the word right now. But he had every, all of the potential in the world, and and again with the size, um, it just went all south for him. And there, there's really nothing good that you can pull out of the Martin Kout pick. Martin Kout's legacy is going to be Martin Kout. He was mad that one preseason. <laughs> Yeah, Mark got like he knew this was his last year yep. to do anything. Like uh, it's so uh, he's mine, and 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 this is the good thing about it. I know there's some people who would you know you put him number five. That that's fine. So there might be other people who won't even put him on there. But we'll see. I'm interested to see where the comments go uh, for all of this stuff for the Pierre Lacroix stuff for the top five best for the top five worst. Comment away, uh, people of twitter and youtube it'll be fun so all right like i said tomorrow we will have hattie kalakesh on here from locked on uh, nhl prospects and we will reveal who we got in the locked on nhl mock draft so tune in for that that'll be fun uh but that's going to wrap it up for today so till tomorrow Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciate it. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.